0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self help podcast to make life suck less. Maybe. Who knows? I'm Misty Stinnett. I'm Lisa Linky. <laughs> also known as Giggles.
1: Oh so, that's amazing. <laughs> and we're joined as always by our producer
0: Sav. Sav. So this is a podcast where we review a popular self-help book each episode. We talk about how we feel about it. If you like what you hear, go buy the book. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself. If you don't, who gives a shit? We are reading the book so that you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. You can go on enjoying your busy life while still getting the perspective altering self-help advice you have been craving or maybe you're just like who dodged a bullet on that one <laughs> yeah that's right it's like or or you might you know if you're like lisa you might hear one of our episodes and go i'm gonna prove those bitches wrong yeah i'm gonna read this i'm gonna love it i'm gonna change my life that's right so do what you want we're but let gonna us, die but let us know do let us know. <laughs> so, Okay, so we're going to get right down to business. Mm-hmm. So, Misty, what book did you read this week? I read The Five Love Languages. <laughs> <laughs> but before we dive into that, okay. because Black History Month is upon us, yes. I thought it would be cool to highlight someone awesome from Black History yes. who also had sort of like a self-help thing happening. I love it. So... I want to tell you about Maxine Powell, who's a total badass. Mm -hmm. So uh, by the way, I got this information from an article on dangerousminds.net, which sounds super official. Um, So for five years, the gracious Maxine Powell ran the only in-house finishing school at any American record label. Most people have Probably never heard of Maxine Powell. Yeah. Um, she died in 2013, okay. but music fans have unknowingly enjoyed her handiwork at Motown since the 1960s. Aww. She was an actress, model, manicurist, cosmetologist, and African American. She founded a finishing school slash modeling agency and was hired by Motown to help the label polish its artists' public images. So it was Powell's job to teach the likes. Of Stevie Wonder, Thank you. the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, the Four Tops, Martha Reeves, Tammy Terrell, and the Marvelettes, the Velvets, and Smokey Robinson, oh among others, how to present themselves charmingly during interviews, performances, and off-stage public appearances. One of her mottos was, quote, I teach class, and class will turn the heads of kings and queens. Oh, okay. Quote. okay. And she meant it literally. She wanted Motown's artists to be able to comport themselves appropriately if they were ever invited to the White House or Buckingham Palace. And that is the amazing Maxine Powell. I love that. Thank you. Amazing. I mean, it's like. It's like to, uh, the that that
1: movie or movie Twenty Feet from Stardom yes. about the backup singer, but it's on the other side exactly. of, of the business.
0: Exactly, it's it's like any of those times where you see like you know like someone from humble beginnings or someone mm-hmm. who like is suddenly in a new world and needs. Like I love any movie it's with like an Princess etiquette Diary. montage. She is yes, mm-hmm. she's Julie Andrews in the Princess Diaries, but in real life. Yes, except like way more cool and and not whitewashed, which is awesome. 100%. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so she's amazing and also there's a really cool blog I want to point everyone to. It's mm-hmm. called A Woman to Know. Mm. Um and it's by a woman named Julia uh I can't remember her last name, but you'll know it's the right one if it's A Woman to Know by a woman named Julia. There are literally hundreds of quick little blurbs about amazing women in history Yay. to know it's amazing go treat yourself and I love it. that so this week's book okay I am so excited to tell you about the five love languages now I've heard about this book people speak
1: about it all the time people will say what's your love language yes and I say just dirty fucking <laughs> I have it wrong <laughs> I have it wrong right sorry mom no that's one of them no that's one of them <laughs> You're so intuitive. Truthfully, I know nothing about this no. book, and I'm excited to learn.
0: Well, it has, like, over 20,000 reviews just on Amazon, Whoa. Uh, Amazon.com. It uh, It is—the full title is The Five— Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. And it's written by a man named Gary Chapman. Um, Although, when it was first published in the 90s, it was called The Five Love Languages How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. Um, So, it's been on the New York Times bestseller list for like decades. Yeah. Uh, So, Wikipedia says this This is the 90s, right? Well, you said the 90s. You know what's funny is in my notes, I literally tell us a moment later. So, listen to this. Wikipedia says this book has been on the New York Times bestseller list since August 2009. Oh, okay. So it's been on there for almost 20 years, and it is a mega book. No, honey, popular that's And 2009 is only 10 years. That's right. You guys,
1: we're living in 2019. Listen, Misty I never said— living in 2029. I never said my love <laughs> language was math. <laughs> Well, I, what I, I was curious, because I feel like she's, Stam, it's truly outrageous, truly, truly, truly outrageous. Wow. Oh, Stam. Okay, Thank so you. if you don't know what that is, it's because you're way younger than me. But um, those of those of you out there who do know, I love you. Um, okay, here's the thing is that I feel like this is the next iteration of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus.
0: Oh, maybe it's actually not that gendered, right? So Which I mean, just really, like, is, oh is yeah, 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 because
1: yeah. it was like, well, men talk this way and women talk this way, and this was like, sure. no, 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 we all talk in our own specific yes, way, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. I that would be really interesting to do that book on this podcast and see like what's changed since. Oh, John Gray, talk to me. Yes. Okay. So about the author, mm-hmm. he's eighty years old. Mm-hmm. He was born in nineteen thirty-eight. Okay. Wikipedia says that in addition to being an author, he is also the senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist. Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So he was born in North Carolina. He's a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute, which just sounds like the Agitated Bible Institute or the PMS Bible Institute. No,
1: it's a very large, um, It's a it's a it's a very large recognized doesn't mean it doesn't have an
0: ego. Okay, so the Moody Bible Institute, and he holds a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of uh, of Arts degree in anthropology from Wheaton College and from Wake Forest University. He also received uh, his Master of Religious Education and Doctor of Philosophy degrees from Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary.
1: Okay, so he's well versed in religion.
0: That's right. And that's something that's going to come up a lot throughout the book, okay. and I'm going to highlight um parts of that. Okay. So he he was also uh, he says this in the book, again, I listened to the audiobook. Uh he was a relationship counselor that took his notes from couples counseling for over a decade and found that what people want fall into five categories. And it is very worth mentioning, he's been married for 45 years. Happily? Mm-hmm. I mean he would say yes. <laughs> okay, what are these five what are the five things people want? Well, I'll get there, but I wanna tell you about the cover first. Do you wanna know? Yes what, you want to know? Co- yes, what does the cover look so, like? So it's been reprinted a few times. Okay, but most of the covers are some version of like a silhouetted, a silhouetted heteronormative couple embracing on a beach. And I said, it looks like the poster for a bad '90s Hallmark or Lifetime movie. Yeah. Yes. So we're already in it. But why can't um, I
1: can I please book that movie?
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh my god, I would love to be in a right? Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh, my friend Tiffany was in a Lifetime movie, and she um, got strangled by someone, so she got to die in a Lifetime movie. So cool. Was that part of the movie? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. yes. She's with us. (laughs) She's alive and well. Uh, So it's 389 pages. Okay. Um, I listened to it in an afternoon on audiobook as I was cleaning my house. Now, was that one and a half times? No. Oh, okay. On regular. Oh speed. no. Oh, you know what? It might have been a one and a mm-hmm. half times. Misty likes to listen to things fast. That's right. And and uh, double task or triple task. So. Because she's. Whoa, stamp! <laughs> oh my god! Outrageous! Or whatever have to explain your me you What was. that is. Mm-hmm. That's right. So when I first picked it up, mm-hmm. thanks for asking me what I thought about it when I first picked it up. You're so thoughtful. Your questions are amazing. Um, I thought the cover looked cheesy. And I was surprised by how quickly and how often he talks about God. Um, you and, were? And by God— Did you see his CV? Yes. Well, I actually didn't add that until the end of my notes. So I always like to go in just like listening with an sure, open mind. And sure. then I retroactively i am like, who are these people? You were
1: like, ooh, there's only one set of footprints. <laughs>
0: Gary Chapman was carrying me. That's right. this book. So when I talk about God, I am talking about the Christian God. So he, he is talking about the Christian God in this mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. So— I later learned that this book is listed in both the self-help and the Christian literature genres. Dang, he's doubling down. That's right. So he talks about God a lot. So just know that going in, if you're not religious, which I am not, but regardless of your beliefs, uh, I felt that there was a a ton of tangible and useful secular information and tools in this book. Question, Misty.
1: Do you feel like you could substitute whatever your version of God is when he says God, like universe or... Today, my version of God is a matchstick. Whatever it is, um,
0: what a teeny tiny little God. Um, if my higher power. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, Whatever you give that's your a, power, that's to. a great question. It's tough to say because I don't know the nuances of every single religion's like how that God is sort of. But I think for I think for a lot of this book, you if you just ignore that he's saying like that's what God wants or that's what God intended, it's like these. It's just really practical information. Okay. So I'll highlight the parts. I'll highlight some specifics, okay. I promise. Okay. Um, uh, it's also, in the audiobook, it's also Gary Chapman himself, the author, mm-hmm. who reads the book. And uh, he, I said he has oh, a really no. pleasant voice. With I a, was going to s- imagine with a little southern, With a slight southern drawl. Yeah, for gel- the He's elderly
1: like, statesman from North Carolina. That's right.
0: He says, one of the greatest things we can do in a relationship is to love the other person in their love language, over a long period of time, no matter how they respond. Now, where did you place him from? <laughs> <laughs> All over. Okay, great. Little New Zealand. So we love country. people as they are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says this can be applied to any relationship: your boss, your coworkers, your siblings, your, your friends, co-podcaster. I don't think so. Okay. No, absolutely not. Um, And your significant other. So this is not just a romantic book. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says we need to understand our own love language Mm -hmm. so we can communicate to people what we need to hear in order to feel loved. Sure, sure, sure. But we also need to understand the other's love language so that we can make sure to make them feel loved in a way that gets through. Uh, That sounds less important. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you will feel loved the way I want you to. <laughs> um, so he likens love languages to actual verbal languages that we speak. Like S- like,
1: like, English, French, Spanish. Exactly. Okay. Chinese, whatever. So like I was loving him in French and he was loving me back in German.
0: This is actually exactly what he says. So <gasps> he says... Am I, what, Mr. Chapman? Am I Dr. Chapman? You are... Wait, Lisa pulls off her skin to <laughs> Why, reveal it's been
1: me the whole time. Misty. <laughs> and he's like
0: and I'm friends with gay Hendrix. <laughs> oh like, no. Oh you no, ruined really Um okay, so <laughs> he says everyone has a primary love language mm-hmm. and a secondary language. Mm. And he says to think of it like this. You learn to speak in the language of your parents. Sure. So if that's English, your primary language is English, mm-hmm. but you can you can learn a secondary language with some effort like French, but Let's say your spouse's primary language is Chinese. No matter how hard you try, until you are able to communicate with your spouse in their love language, you will never be truly effective at communicating with the other. So I love that analogy. Okay. Okay. So he says there are five emotional love languages. Finally. (laughs) I would just like to note for the listeners
1: that we have all been waiting to find out what we're speaking
0: it has been three minutes, okay. I will say. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually say we're much more on task in this episode than we are in others. Um, five ways that people speak and understand emotional love. So, that's what a love language is numero uno. Uh, And um, nope, I'm going to drag it out a little longer. And amidst these languages, there are many different dialects, the number of ways to express love within a language. So seldom do partners have the same love language. The fundamental problem happens when we try to express love to another person in our love language, not theirs. It's like speaking a foreign language to them. All right. But what am I speaking, Misty? <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. I am presenting the information as the author presented it to Listen, me. I know, but I'm not reading the book. I okay, you know. Okay, you know what? Okay. I'm I just wanna gonna know. skip ahead I know. so that I can tell Lisa. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, great, quality time, great; receiving gifts, great; acts of service, great, and physical touch. Okay. Okay. where was I? So he believes knowing our love language and that of our partner or spouse, that is the key to a long and happy marriage or relationship. I mean, but he doesn't say anything about liking it. Yeah, oh he does. No, oh, okay. we'll get to that. Oh okay. no, my god. I actually I loved this book. I really loved this book. So, he says that the need to feel loved and wanted is a basic need in all of us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And this is often why children act out. So they misbehave in order to seek out the love they aren't getting. He uses the example of two parents who were very critical of their child because he never does the things that they want him to do. So, as but they were being very critical and always giving him you know, words of dissatisfaction. As soon as they learned that his love language was words of affirmation, which is something they actively weren't giving him, um, the opposite of that, actually, they changed their tactics and found that as soon as they were praising him, he stopped acting out and started behaving in all the ways they wanted him to. So, of course, this is... Dr. Chapman's recollection of things that have happened, I cannot confirm or deny, but let's go with it. He also says that the feeling of being in love—oh, uh, of this is something really interesting. He says that the feeling of being in love is only a quick fix with a limited lifespan, and that once that feeling wears off, the emotional need to love rises up to the surface again. So he's he brings this up because this is all about having a long-term relationship yeah. or a long-term something— um, And about how if we're not getting that love we need, he talks about infidelity, all of that stuff. So he says isolation is devastating to the human psyche. At the heart of the human experience is the desire to be intimate and to be loved by another. I also agree with that. He uses the analogy of a love tank, like a gas tank. Uh, He says it's as, as important as not letting the gas tank run empty in your car because it can cause a lot of damage, just like it would to your engine if your gas tank Ran empty. I mean, you just have to go to the gas station and get a little loner can. So are you saying a one-night stand? What are you saying? I, I mean... I don't know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> you just get a loner can. You a, get a loner a can. Loner can, and can of love. Fill it up, baby. L- lo-
0: loner canon of love. Um, so he addresses the euphoric feeling of falling in love, which I, I really love because I think a lot of people get into relationships and they're like, I'm so happy. It's everything I've ever wanted. I can never see myself with anyone else. And then – a year or two later. When A that year has, or two.
1: Oof.
0: Well, he actually says, he he actually says, um, so he, oh, yeah. well, my point is like, right? And yeah. then you're like, oh, well, then that didn't work out. And he's right. trying to keep People from losing their good relationship with a good person because that wears off. So right. he addresses the euphoric feeling of falling in love. Science tells us that the lifespan of a romantic obsession, which is what he calls falling in love, is two years. Okay. He says that once the in love experience ends, many couples think they have only two options settle into a loveless marriage or separate or divorce. Yeah, that sounds right? about right. That sounds very familiar to mm-hmm, me mm-hmm, in my life. Mm-hmm. He says the divorce rate for second marriages is 60% and rises when children are involved. I have nothing to back that up. So Google it um, because I did not. <laughs> so, but there is a third option that he advocates for, which is recognizing that the in-love experience is a temporary emotional high and that we can choose real love once it wears off. He says real love is emotional in nature, but not obsessional. It's a love that Unites reason and emotion, requires an act of will and discipline and the room for growth. He says our basic emotional need is not to be in love, but to be truly loved by another. He says true love cannot begin until the in love experience has run its course. Okay. I, I see that. I really like that because mm-hmm. I do think waking up and loving someone is a choice you make. Like when you don't have all those That's hormones what will and chemicals, and Jada say. oh gosh, yes. Don't they have an open marriage? Did I hear that somewhere?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Is that any of my Bill's
0: I don't know. I don't know either of them. <laughs> um, but oh, I love them. Maybe okay.
1: that's their, maybe that they, listen, they've started speaking a sixth love language, which is
0: open. I love it. I'm into (laughs) it. And what did you say at the top of the thing? (laughs) Dirty fucking. Oh God. So Okay, so let's jump into the nuances of each of the love languages. So the first love language that he talks about are words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So these are verbal compliments or words of appreciation. So for example, you look great in that suit. I really like how you're always on time to pick me up. Thanks for arranging the babysitter tonight. The object of love is not getting something you want from the other person, but doing something for the well-being of the one you love. He says it's a fact that receiving affirming words is a much stronger motivator for the other person to do something kind for you. Okay, wait. So he's saying that the love language is hearing the words or saying the words. Okay, so what he is saying is, all these love languages are how a person feels most loved. Right. Not everybody. I am not words of affirmation. I'll tell you that right now. You can tell me all day long wonderful things about myself. It rolls off me Aww. like a duck's Misty, water in a duck's back. No. Well, that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate it or feel warm fuzzies at the moment. But that's not But your that's love not language. how I feel most loved. Gifts, even lower on the list. Got it. If you give me an expensive gift, I will be like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful. But it doesn't make me feel loved okay. truly loved but, but we'll get to it but
1: again my question is yeah. is that saying those things or hearing those things so the so for, for
0: a person whose love language is words of affirmation hearing those okay. words I is going to make them feel the most loved um so but he's saying oh, oh yeah so he's saying uh Receiving affirming words is a much stronger motivator for the other person to do something kind for you. He talks about words of courage and how powerful that can be when you encourage your spouse about something they feel insecure about. He says it's important to note the difference between encouraging your partner to do something you want versus something they want. For instance, if you keep encouraging your partner to get a more lucrative job, it may come across as how unhappy you are with them and their current decision. So encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from your spouse's perspective. So um, a couple of notes he has are, we must first learn what is important to our partner. Only then can we give encouragement. The point of words of affirmation is to communicate, I know, I care, I'm with you, how can I help? So that's the point of this. We are giving credit and praise.
1: Okay, wait, I'm lost. Is words Mm -hmm. of encouragement a sub-thing of words of affirmation, or is that a second love language?
0: Oh, uh, words of affirmation are... Uh, anything from compliments, words of appreciation. Encouragement. Or, oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe that is a subcategory. Y'all, you can always pick up that book okay? Listen. and hear it. I'm flying blind I really, here and I'm I really for thought it. my notes were amazing, but they're, I'm learning well, listen, there are some holes. They're great.
1: <laughs> they're great. I just, you know, I don't have them. I'm learning. I'm sure. learning for the first time. Sure.
0: So, so words of encouragement are an example of words of affirmation. Okay, okay, okay. Um, he says that giving words of affirmation may be especially hard for people who are not used to giving or getting words of affirmation sure. or are in a pattern of critical ways of speaking. And he does address how to get better at some of these because a lot of people are not very good at, sure. these, at some of these love languages. Sure. So he also says, use kind words. We can share hurt anger, and pain in a kind and loving manner, and that can be an expression of love. I really like the way you scheduled the babysitter. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, right, right? Oh, great. Glad you (laughs) figured out how to do it. It wasn't hard, right? (laughs)
1: Thanks for choosing the babysitter we fired six months ago. That's right.
0: He says, by sharing our feelings, we are trying to express that we want our partner to know us. And uh, something else he mentioned is that if... Someone in your life's love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. You should know that it's often doubly damaging to use critical words with that person. That's good to know. So that's really good to know. That is good
1: to know. Right. I think you and I think it's good to know for different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it good to know, Lisa? Because I want
0: to be able to just let words
1: fly if i know I need i'm to. i'm a
0: really direct person mm-hmm. so i need to remember not everyone is open to receiving that no. directness everybody listen
1: i am only as i learned from jen sincero i am only responsible for my own behavior and how other people tolerate that is up to them <laughs> yeah, basic.
0: yeah basic yeah basic okay so the second love language is quality time okay This is giving someone your undivided attention. Oh, cell
1: phones have really caused a problem for this.
0: Oh, it really has. No, it really has. So um, this does not, he says specifically, this does not include sitting on the couch watching television together. In that example, something else has your attention. Examples of quality time are taking a walk together, going out to dinner and talking to your spouse. Even just 20 minutes of undivided attention is a powerful emotional communicator to someone whose love language is quality time. I think that's my love language. Do you? I do. And I think that – because I think that's my mom's. Oh, and you're speaking your parents' language. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I know, like, Zach feels super happy if we're on the couch together for a couple hours watching a movie, watching whatever. But if he's on his phone – And we're not, like, sharing the experience together and looking at each other between scenes or whatever to laugh at whatever just happened. I feel totally ignored. And he doesn't. I also
1: think because my dad was, like, always working and working growing up that, like, having his— undivided attention was such a big
0: deal. Right. So you felt super special when you got it, I get. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and my dad gave me a ton of undivided attention. He was the best. Um Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean better I than your you did. Dad. I know you did it. it made me laugh I was just so hard. reminiscing. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's not about what you do together. It's about focused time. Okay. And it's about um It's not about what you do, but that you're spending time together. So you could be grocery
1: shopping together, but as long as you are connecting and talking and doing it in the act of doing it together, not like we show up at the grocery store, you have your list, I have mine, and then we meet up again at checkout, but we're shopping together.
0: Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. And you could be doing something terrible, like, you know, cleaning your house from the (laughs) life-changing magic of tidying up. Burying a body. But we did it together. Yeah, as long as there's a lot of eye contact, we're good. (laughs) Um, So... So one of the dialects in this language is quality conversation.
1: Yes, this is mine.
0: (laughs) Sharing sympathetic words about what the other person is saying. So while words of affirmation focus on what we are saying, Mm -hmm. quality time focuses on what we are hearing. This includes asking questions in a quality manner. I have found my love language. I don't need to move any further. That was Lisa taking a decadent sip of because her Because You might
1: have noticed that I love to say things like, I really hear you. I really understand you. I want to validate where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yes, that is from like two decades of individual and group therapy combined. But like, I really, that makes me feel seen and yes. like
0: acknowledged. Yeah. And uh, something uh, I have learned is that until someone actually acknowledges they've heard me, and i feel heard i will keep saying the same thing over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. so which is also something he talks about which we'll get into in a little bit but he talks a lot about anytime you feel like someone's nagging you to do something or someone always has an acknowledged thing, them it's because there's still there's a need mm-hmm. that they are trying to get met that has not been met yet. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I would say when I worked for Second City as a
1: communication facilitator, mm-hmm. communication workshop facilitator. Right. I would say this stuff all over the world. Right. Which makes sense because that's my love language. Right. I really understood it.
0: Yeah. And it's it's really interesting because I think we've all heard the tropes about like, oh, a woman's nagging, nag, 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 or whatever, you know. Men nag just as much. Well, for sure. But the whole thing is like – Anytime someone is repeating themselves over and over, it's usually not because they love the sound of their own voice or love perpetuating a negative dynamic. No. It's because – They're not getting their name met. They haven't – they don't feel hurt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even have to do the thing. You just have to go, I hear what you're saying. I can't do that thing right now, but I get why it's important to you. And move on. Yes. And it would make everyone happy. Yes. So So um, some of the things to pay attention to in this love language of – I already forgot what we're talking about, quality time, mm-hmm. is maintain eye contact while your spouse is talking. Creepily. Oh, there's something I also want to I'm acknowledge in this book.
1: i eye contact with you right now. Lisa
0: hasn't blinked in 30 minutes. My eyes are so dry. They are so dry. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I haven't seen you blink since yeah. you started saying that. Yeah. Help me. It's a problem. Um, so something that I do want to talk about in this book is he is always talking about a spouse. For the most part in this so it's book. It's very heteronormative. It's very heteronormative. And it, remember it was first written in ninety-two, and there have been a few updated editions since. But he doesn't even really acknowledge like a long term boyfriend, girlfriend, long term. There's no room for boyfriend. anything
1: other than marriage between a man and a woman. Yeah. So
0: that's the yeah. thing. But well, if that you seems like
1: that's his background.
0: But if you just insert whatever you're going through there, yeah, um, did. I think it's really useful. So he says, Don't listen to your spouse while you're doing something else if there's no way you can pull away from your activity let them know mm-hmm. let them know you want to give them your full attention and you will as soon as you're done mm-hmm. and then do it yeah so this one I really love because half the time I'm just like hey Zach I know that you you believe you can hear me while mm-hmm. you're checking your emails mm-hmm. and writing and looking up things online mm-hmm. I, I'm i not interested in that I need you <laughs> no really <laughs> I love the way that you said that. You didn't say, I'm not getting what
1: I need. Right. Um, I don't believe you. You just said, I am not interested in that. That's a
0: no thank you for me. For me? Well, no. No. I literally go, I'll wait till you're done. Oh. And then I just stand there not blinking like you are. And then he goes, sorry, babe. And then he gives me his undivided attention, but then I feel way more valued when he does that. So. The next thing, so maintain eye contact mm-hmm. when when your partner is talking. Sure, sure, sure. And observe body movement. So, tears, so the, he's kind of walking people who this is not their love language through how to do this. So, he says if there are tears, trembling hands, or other things like that, those can be clues. Check in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nancy Drew. The person Nancy, crying, you're talking and I'm to might be upset. <laughs> Check, and you can check in with your partner to clarify what they're feeling, which would make them feel really yeah. valued. Hey, Misty, I notice
1: that your eyes are tearing, your hands are shaking, and you're trembling all over. And what's that knife in your hand? <laughs> I noticed that I have been stabbed seven times. And Is there something you want to is tell there me? Is there something on your mind? <laughs>
0: Oh, I'll tell you, Lisa.
1: I just wanted to tell you because my love language is affirmation. <laughs> Way to go. You really wielded that knife. Very. <laughs> oh, I better call You're an ambulance. Right.
0: <laughs> Very good murder victim. Um, so refuse to interrupt. The a- He says the average individual listens only 17 seconds before interjecting and interrupting with their own ideas. So if you get this urge... Bite your tongue. Because remember, it's not about you and how you're feeling. If you really want to love your partner or make them feel loved mm-hmm. and their their love language is quality time, mm-hmm. don't interrupt. It's a gift you're giving them. It's so
1: smart. And I sometime maybe for um a, a mini sode, I will teach you um how to interrupt when you need oh, to I like. I feel like I'm excellent at that. Well no, and see you see what I'm saying? hmm I saw what you No, did no, at
0: least I have something to say. Misty? I have to teach you a new love language. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean how to interrupt in like a way that makes everyone feel great? I do. Oh, you Would you like to learn us? that? I will yeah. teach you that in a mini sub. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm so excited. Um, so... Uh, so refuse to interrupt. And the next one is learn to talk. So he says it's all about understanding the other person. Mm-hmm. Things like someone saying my husband never talks is a cry for quality time. So many people grew up in households re- where they learned to not express their feelings or desires. Um, and I feel like this was a huge thing. It was like, I think my dad Dad came from the generation of, like, children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. And then nobody had any idea how to express themselves yeah. and sort of perpetuated. And we're only now getting to a place. Well, and it's not just that
1: time. I would say culturally it, it, it yes. varies as well.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Um, so he says the key here is to express your feelings, not your thoughts. So if you are somebody who wants to make someone with quality time as their love language feel loved – it's important to say how you're feeling. That's so
1: interesting because the the love language is quality time, but the mm-hmm. way you express it is by talking about your feelings.
0: Yeah, well, if if somebody wants to feel connected with you in yeah. quality time. So yeah, so but a do lot you know of, what I'm saying? A lot like people of times, might just
1: think, oh, we're gonna go to we're gonna go out to dinner. Right. That's not it.
0: Right. And by the way, this is not my primary love language. But when when I'm like, hey, how how was your day? And Zach says, Oh well, this happened. This happened. This happened. Or I, th- you know what I mean. I think this about that. It. I don't feel connected to him until he says, "Oh, and when that happened, it made me feel like this." Sure. So um, this one really resonates with me. So so we have. Uh, words of affirmation, we have quality time. Yeah, so far. So as an example of um, expressing your feelings and not your thoughts, uh, he uses the example of not saying, quote, I think what happened was wrong, but rather saying, quote, that made me feel like dot, dot, dot. And if you have trouble doing this, you have to go to therapy because they'll help you figure this out. Absolutely. And he actually offers a lot of specific tips in the book, uh, the book for how to to get better at all of this. So if you want to hear more on this, um, definitely check out the book. So quality activities is another one. He talks a lot about how many of us get worried about not having enough time for all of these things, but that we must make time, just as we make time every day to eat lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. It's vital to a healthy relationship. I forgot to eat lunch today. <laughs> That's right. But you're getting a meal of eye contact right now. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. Loving I feel you. good. I think we get we get we got a, 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 a quality time. Yeah.
0: Great. So the next one is receiving gifts. So, yeah.
1: who don't love to receive a little gift?
0: Yeah, I don't care. But so this is not about spending money. He reiterates this a lot because I think people automatically think. <laughs> Lisa is doing an obscene gesture to me across. Yeah. The who microphones. not like to receive that kind of gift? Am I right? You know what we're saying. You don't know you can't see her, but just imagine. <laughs> so um, he, I think a lot of people might instantly, ha- you know, have a snap judgment about. Oh, this is someone selfish who likes to receive gifts or, like, or money. I, it, it, love requires money, exactly. So first thing, this is not about spending money. This is about the thought behind the gift. He says even a flower you picked as a gift for free can be a great gift. It's about the external symbol of your internal feeling of love for your partner. He uses the example of wedding rings these are visual symbols of love i feel like this might be my brother's love language because he's
1: so good at giving gifts like he gives Mm. thoughtful personal gifts
0: right and often people express the love language that they wish they were receiving Mm -hmm. um which i will elaborate more on as soon as we get to my love language. Uh Uh, It's going to be amazing. So uh, the first thing he talks about is how hard this can be for people who like to save money. Mm -hmm. So to, to shower your spouse or partner or friend or sister with gifts when you are a penny pincher like I am. I'm very budget savvy. So for example, if your wife's love language is receiving gifts, you may have trouble suddenly opening your wallet to buy her things if you're a saver. After all, you don't spend money on yourself, so why should you do it for your spouse? He says the truth is that an investment in your partner is an investment That's in true. yourself. That's true. The returns show up in your relationship, and you can sprinkle the free gifts in between the things that cost more. And truthfully, thoughtful gifts don't
1: always cost a lot. That's right. Like get like re- repairing the the refrigerator door handle is a thoughtful gift. That's actually an act of service, which we'll get to. I'm sorry, but I just got told I'm basic. She basic. I'm basic.
0: Um, That's from The Good Place, which we love. I know. So much. So wait.
1: So the, the gift really is like I have to buy you something if somebody's love or language is you receiving gifts.
0: Or make you something or bring you something. So he used that example of a flower. But I can't do – I can't fix something for them. Oh, no, you can. I mean, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Everything <laughs> <laughs> – Wow. Well, Lisa has her challenging eyes on. <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> – I wish I could magically snap a picture of that with my mind because, y'all, I think Lisa almost <laughs> crawled across the
1: table to smack no, me. I was here with you, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I, you told me, no, that's not how, how you – I do. Okay, no, keep My, going, my keep point going.
0: is I I think a few of these uh, overlap, cross Great. over into other categories, so an act of service can be a beautiful thing. So the very next thing he says – Physical presence can also be a gift. Okay, so your body becomes the symbol of your love. Great, sure. Uh, he uh, and something I said here was stop it. She's <laughs> she's doing obscene gestures. You guys. well, that's what he's
1: talking about. But he's too. He's not to talking to say about that. giving blowies,
0: Lisa. Yes, okay. he is. Your here physical
1: body is a gift. Your physical presence. Yes, that's what he means, Misty. I
0: think, I think that falls into a uh, physical touch, but we'll get there. Oh, we will get I there. Oh, I just
1: got educated, Sav.
0: <laughs> By the way, I like how this is a book so far. <laughs> this book so far, Lisa has agreed with everything he's saying, basically. And this is somehow the most charged. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with what he's saying.
1: I don't like how you're telling me <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> were we talking about earlier how we're both very direct? Yeah. Okay. You're anyway, not just telling me in love. Language. Here, here. <laughs> Let me say this in a loving words of affirmation way. You are so smart that you are jumping ahead to things because you're so smart and oh, you're getting it and you're well, doing an amazing job.
1: Let me tell you in an act of service way. As she mimics my hand, let first. me tell you in an act of service way. <laughs> I would be happy to write down my love language for you because if you had been listening, you would have remembered that it was quality terms.
0: You guys, I am talking out of my ass. I don't know.
1: I love Misty so much. Do
0: you know what's funny? As I wasn't even trying to say that's your love language, I was just bringing it back to the first one, which is words of affirmation. I'm basic. You're not basic. I love you so much. I'm basic. I love you so much. But I like how you go in an act of service kind of way and then said something that's not an act of service. (laughs) No, but I really did try to bring it. This is why you should all read the book, because as you can tell, these are very nuanced characters. I I like what he's Mm -hmm. saying, and I'm
1: here for it. And I also, I do feel like this has changed your relationship, and so Mm -hmm. you're a fan of it. Absolutely. And I I am skeptical of relationships, (laughs) period. Fine. (laughs) So I I have some... I, I do carry a major chip on my shoulder, and I hear it. But I, I don't think he's wrong, and I do like that he opened it up to any
0: kind of relationship. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, so I, like I, it. I do think that one of the reasons I love hanging out with you so much and working with you so much is because I feel heard. There's a ton of acts of service involved mm-hmm. in producing a podcast yeah. there are spreadsheets and phone calls and meetings to show up and so i am constantly feeling super loved by you and safe and it lets me open up so i would say right. like it's even even though like you're i if you're still thinking about it in like a romantic relationship and this relationship between you and i i feel fucking taken care of
1: yeah i think i'm being facetious i definitely I, i'm very comfortable with intimacy in a relationship yeah. um but i i I don't know. I I I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. I'm having a reaction, but I don't know what it is.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love that because I and I also think like any anytime anything positive or negative triggers us, I am gonna say what Lisa Linky always says. And I'm gonna say, Lisa, I invite you yep, I know to what's get coming. curious. Just stay curious. About Just it. Stay curious. Just stay curious. <laughs> You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Um so uh I made a note here mm-hmm. because I felt it was necessary to say that he gets very traditional throughout the book. So when he talks about the dynamics of relationships, it's always through an ultra traditional heteronormative lens with women being wives and housekeepers and cooks yeah. and men doing the work outside of the home. So you're going you're going to hear or read yeah. a lot of examples of um of him quoting couples who are like, Well, I work all day, and when I get home, I expect the house to be vacuumed and dinner on the table. And she's like, And so well, I'm tired of a
1: kids' snotty
0: nose, and I just didn't have time. And she's like, I keep nagging him to do the dishes and to cut the grass. It would make me feel amazing. So and if
1: you're from North Carolina, we are doing a terrible example of that
0: accent. I don't think so. I have relatives in North Carolina, and I think I'm amazing. Okay, I apologize. I apologize Thank to everybody. <laughs> Lisa Is shrank down and got smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he does have a book about <laughs> apologies. He well, At the end, I will read you all of the book titles he has, he has or a, a lot Johnson of them. Of
1: love language, he must of love language be books. worth
0: $1 billion. He must be rivaling J.K. Rowling because, okay. oh, my God. Um Okay. So, moving on yes. to the fourth love language. Okay. Acts of service. This is mine all okay. day. Okay. All day. Okay. So, without
1: saying it in the way he says it, mm-hmm. you tell me in the way that you describe it, what, is, what does act of service mean?
0: Oh, that's it. Let me put down my notes, adjust yeah. my glasses. Yeah. So, for me, an act of service is anything that relieves a burden of mine. Okay. So, like for if instance, I paid off your student loans. Oh, that's amazing. That's an act of service. Well, yes, that would be amazing. So I, so for instance, if Zach were to buy me a very fancy present, yeah. something very fancy, yeah. like an iPad, yeah. right? I would go, Oh my God, this is amazing. I love this iPad. Great. That's a gift. If I came home and Zach had cleaned the kitchen, Ooh. I would feel so stomach. <laughs> Lisa makes the same obscene gesture every time. <laughs> well, you give me such a good response every time. <laughs> that is amazing.
1: Um, I understand so sorry what you The act of service is I feel more meaningful so, to you. I
0: literally will walk around feeling glowing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For a couple of days, and I, I will actually feel more taken care of as his partner. You feel seen. Uh, yes. Yes. Or, or. Hey, here's something. I know you've got a ton on your plate. I'm going to make the house look nice. So that's one less thing that you have to worry about. But on the flip side of that, if there is carelessness or thoughtlessness that causes me more work, I feel specifically unloved or like
1: injured like this
0: he did this intentionally right like oh my god Mm. you've added to the weight of my world (laughs) so it's kind of like how he was talking about with words of affirmation yeah if you give critical words to someone who's whose love language is words of affirmation it's going to be doubly as damaging for me personally that's the same here so as he defines it acts of service is doing things you know your partner would like you to do these require thought time Effort and planning, vacuuming, changing the baby's diapers – imagine that <laughs> – uh, dealing with a landlord, cooking a dinner, etc. Um Oh, yeah. And then I wrote I wrote uh, that I feel neglected if the opposite of this is true and that I found this really fascinating. Um, and then I, I wrote in my notes, okay, I got super triggered by the example in this book of a couple where the husband gets super mad if he comes home to a house that isn't clean. Oh, I, I wrote – I wanted to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, oh, fuck it. Oh, him. right. But this example is one where both of the partners in the relationship had the same love language, but they were speaking different dialects. So this, ah. is, a, yeah, so this is a really Mandarin g- and Cantonese. Absolutely. So this is a really good reason to get the book and hear a lot of these specific examples. So... In this example, they had to find a way to express the acts of service that were most important to the other in order to feel loved, right? So a lot of this is about making requests instead of demands sure. because sometimes you have to go, these are the things that I actually you care about. You have
1: to about. tell them, hey, right. this would be helpful to me. When you did this, this was nice. What I what I needed was this.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if Zach's like, oh, I mopped the kitchen floor, I'd be like, great. You know what would have been amazing is laundry, you know what I mean?
1: Great. The floor is clean for us to stack the 18 piles of laundry on. Right. I
0: have no pants for tomorrow. It's fine. Uh,
1: you did it naked because we have... A thousand loads
0: of laundry. Congrats. Need to. So um, so he says making requests instead of demands is is an important distinction because requests are guidance, but demands can often come off as critical. And remember, it's all a choice. This is only information for you to take in, but it is your choice to choose to love your partner with any of their love languages. That's true. Right. So, he also talks about how in order to really speak the acts of service love language, we may need to upend the stereotypes of, or expectations of our genders. Mm. His examples, a husband who actually does things around the house. Oh, alert the media. Oh, God. Um, I like that he said this. Oh, I wrote in my notes. I like that he said this, but I'm still feeling salty about it. <laughs> what i wrote um <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny you guys oh, now i'm speaking lisa's joke language oh, i
1: like that he said it But I am still feeling salty. (laughs) It's like you were talking to yourself in the future. I I love it. I was. God, I love you.
0: He says we must need—I love you, too. He says we must need a willingness to examine and change stereotypes in order to love effectively. Uh, Totally fair. He's right. So here's something I loved about this chapter. He talks about how hard it can be as the one receiving the acts of service when your partner is still learning how to do those acts. Uh, That's right going to but this in bold. For example, if you are the one who always buys the groceries and always does the laundry, yeah. it may be very frustrating for you when your partner fucks up the laundry I'm and sure he bleaches say your favorite blouse. Did no, he say, I said Fuck that. Up, no, no, no. Right. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Or. Doesn't get all the things you needed at the grocery yeah, store.
1: It's like when you have a toddler in the house and they want to help make dinner and you're like, what are the things that I can have you do that makes you feel like you're a part of it but doesn't ruin dinner?
0: Well, here's the thing. So I I actually have a few friends and talk about reexamining stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an amazing article. Uh, I cannot remember what publication it is in, but it's it's all about the mental load. Mm-hmm. So I encourage oh, the you... emotional, um, emotional labor. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's this incredible article that finally put to words something I'd been e- experiencing forever, and that is that women traditionally bear the mm-hmm. the mental load of anything. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are in a relationship or have roommates and somebody calls you and goes, Hey, do you want anything from the grocery store? And you go, No, nah, I'm good. You just put the entire mental load on your partner at the grocery store to figure out what to buy, mm-hmm. what you've got in the house. Mm-hmm. Are the vegetables expiring? Do you need half mm-hmm. and half for your coffee? Et cetera, et cetera. And I I'm sure it's a it's a an amalgamation of many factors coming together, but um, I think women and girls are raised to be very perceptive about everyone's needs. Mm-hmm. The kids to remember all the birthdays, to know That's right. what the emergency numbers are, That's where right. we keep things. That's right. And talking about using an a heteronormative mm-hmm. example, if you were a male CEO of the company. Nobody ever asks you what's it like to be a dad and a full
1: time and a CEO.
0: Oh, that yes, that is absolutely right. And also You make a million decisions at your job. It's very important, et cetera, et cetera. But who do you think produces Christmas? Mm -hmm. Who do you think produces the holidays? Mm -hmm. Who do you think? Because those are productions. Mm -hmm. Getting invites Mm -hmm. out, Mm -hmm. getting the turkey, making all the stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're not valued as equal. That's right. And it just traditionally, Mm -hmm. and it's not the case everywhere, but falls to women.
1: The other part of that emotional labor means that when a man— traditionally when a man asks a woman how can I help it requires her to do one of two things one it requires her to say don't worry I got it because it's actually more efficient and effective for her to just do it herself right or two it requires for her to take the time Mm -hmm. explain it to him that's right and then set it up so that he can get it done
0: and be open to mistakes Mm -hmm. and whoever is attempting to take on some of that mental mm-hmm. load has got to stay open when they're given feedback because you will get feedback. Mm-hmm. Or a lot so, of times,
1: Guy, I, I hear this a lot, that that whole emotional labor, the man will say, well, just tell me what to do. And the thought is, no, no, no you're asking me to do the emotional labor no, to figure out what to do well, when that I is, just need you to step up and do exactly.
0: it. Exactly. So... This is something that's really, really interesting. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who are in these long-term relationships. They are so frustrated mm-hmm. with their husbands or partners mm-hmm. about you don't help out with the kids. Mm-hmm. You think you deserve a medal when you change our baby's diaper mm-hmm. or when you watch her, you know, for two hours one day so I can go run errands. That's called parenting. It's called parenting, but but. At the same time, and this is circling back to challenging gender stereotypes, I hear this on the flip side of that from these same dear, wonderful friends that they they are like, no, I can't let him do the laundry because yep. he would fuck it up. Yep. Or, or he freaks out if I give him any kind of feedback. So in order has, to break— It has to be a give and take. It does. And by the way— They're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But here's the thing when I read that article, I think last year Mm -hmm. about mental load, I sat down and I said, Zach, I need you to read this. This expresses a lot of things I've never been able to say. Mm -hmm. And I love you. You're an amazing partner. But I want 50% partner. There's a great book called Everything. Getting to 50-50. Oh
1: God, amazing. I recommend
0: everybody read it. Ooh, we should do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't I mean it's great for partners. I don't have a partner, but it's really about how to make that so that it is 50-50. And that
0: was something that I mental load was not, I didn't have the vocabulary for it before I read that article. And I knew Zach's an amazing partner. Why am I still feeling resentful about certain things? Mm-hmm. That helped me put it so. So, we actually went through this big learning curve. It was rocky because Zach was upset to hear that he wasn't. Sure. Doing fifty percent of the mental load because it was—it's a privilege. You you can't see it when you're not. Yeah. If somebody else is taking care of everything, it's a privilege you enjoy, and you can't. It's like when when people are good at their jobs, they make it look easy. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't realize how hard they're working it's to make your swimming. life. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like what it's synchronized swimming. It's all happening underwater. Oh,
0: that's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the analogy of the the swan is gracefully floating on mm-hmm. the surface, but her legs are paddling like mad. Exactly. Made. Yeah. So. There was a learning curve where I started to say, you know what? I do need a fridge full of groceries. I'm not even going to tell him what we're out of. And saying – and he'd go, okay, what do we need from the store? And I'd go, yeah, that's mental load work. Because here's the thing. And he, he has always been down to pick up groceries. That's so funny. The reaction I just had, I
1: was like, oh, no. And then I was like, well, he's the one who opens up a fucking refrigerator just That's as right. much as you
0: do. Right. And I kept saying to him, I was like, why am I the only one who knows when we're going to run out of toilet paper, when the toothpaste is low? I'm always that person. But I have to look at my own responsibility in that cycle and go, I I always have just said, hey, the toothpaste is low. And then I'm the one who notices it. I, if I let the toilet paper run out a time or two, he'd start paying attention. You know? mm-hmm. So anyway, this is all... A couple of years ago or last year or something like that and there was a learning curve and it was tough for me because I would be frustrated like oh I really needed that almond milk or I really needed Mm -hmm. that he didn't even notice this and it is hard and uncomfortable to give that feedback it was hard and uncomfortable for Zach to get that feedback because he's trying so hard and wants a pat on the back you know when Mm -hmm. he's doing these things Mm -hmm. and me going hey thank you for doing that also tomorrow Here's what you forgot, and I need you to go get these things. I'm not even going to tell you, but there are certain things you forgot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the thing. We're all past that now. Zach is so fucking great. He knows how to do all of my laundry, and by women's laundry, I mean, like, all there are it. sweaters that cannot be dried. <laughs> yeah. He knows my bras have to hang dry, Yeah. He and if it- when in doubt, he knows to lay it flat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it- I trust him implicitly just in the same way that he— had been trusting me to do all the other stuff and I feel so much more equal and loved and appreciated in this relationship I love that I love that you did the work we did the work because I meant like that's right because I you the two of you that's right and if we hadn't gone through that and it takes a few months Zach I would still be resenting certain things Zach would not Know, you know, well, I, know any of this, yeah. and I would still have seventy percent or hundred percent of the mental load yeah. on myself. So, yeah. if this is resonating with you as you're hearing this, read that article about mental load. I want to say it was in like Buzzfeed or the New Yorker, it was, it or like one of everywhere. Those. Like flew around Facebook too, because it's just something that I was feeling and didn't have the words for. So um, so that's amazing. So um, so circling it back to the book, Gary Chapman also says um, that you, if your language of love is acts of service mm-hmm. you have to advocate for what those acts of service are that are meaningful to you specifically sure so that you get what you need right so for me cleaning and things that take burdens off my plate are much bigger than like you know what I mean like cooking me dinner I love that mm-hmm. you doing my laundry I love that more yeah um, so don't be afraid to advocate for that so um, he's also saying it's important to have patience during the learning curve just mm-hmm. like we talked about because there will eventually come a time when your partner knows exactly how to wash all of your clothes, mm-hmm. exactly what to look out for at the grocery store and exactly how to do the things you like.
1: Oh wait, he know how to do like all of your clothes, like underwear, like
0: yeah. And I know how to do all of his.
1: Fair and point. I have
0: for years. Fair point. You know what I mean? All right? Yeah, it's amazing. And now when I'm out of town, without fail, I will come home. And he will have done a fresh grocery run that night with all my favorite things. There will be mango, guacamole, kombucha. He doesn't like half of those things. And they will be sitting in my fridge for me. And guess who feels fucking loved? It's me. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So it takes a lot of patience from both partners. Mm -hmm. But give both. Both Worth of yourselves it. that gift. Yeah. So the last language of love is physical touch. Um, he says physical touch can can make or break a relationship. It can communicate hate or love, mm-hmm. right? Abuse mm-hmm. is physical touch. Mm-hmm. And to the person whose primary love language is touch, is touch, a tender hug will go so much farther as will a slap to the face Mm -hmm. than someone whose primary language is not physical touch. So uh, he says it's important to speak their dialect. If your partner has a specific kind of touch that they love... Like a slap to the face. (laughs) That's right. Do that. (laughs) If they don't like a touch, even if you personally love that touch, Mm -hmm. do not use that touch. Don't make the mistake of thinking that your partner will like the same thing you like. Okay. So you can hire someone... Stop making that gesture. <laughs> that's, can, but, excuse me. It's that is finally no, no, no. time. It is. It
1: is. I am finally in the correct language. That's
0: right. And Lisa has never looked better or more elegant than when she is miming this. So you can hire someone like a masseuse to give your partner more physical touch if they like this. Um. So, okay, guys. The <laughs> gestures are escalating. I'm trying. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of Lisa and myself. Moving on. Touching your partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Touching your partner when you leave the house and again when you return, even just for a moment, can be a loud message of love. Um, He considers trying, or he suggests trying, under the table touching... When you're dining out. Let's I'll leave see. that to your interpretation. Let's see. Uh try kissing your partner as soon as you get in the car. Which is hard if they're outside of the car and your windows are rolled up. <laughs> or seatbelts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a mm, we got three feet between those. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes. And I love that he says this. Remember, your partner has the final word on what they like and and what they don't. That's right. You are finding out what they like. It's not touch for me, it's touch for you. Exactly. So remember all of these languages of love. This is a book for somebody who wants to love their partner mm-hmm. better. Yeah. So if you want to love your partner better, do what they want. Okay. In all of this. So he says, oh, here's, I said, here's a part of the chapter I had a problem with in Uh-oh. all caps. Uh oh. He condemns open marriages. He (sighs) says that even if you don't—I know. Remember, written in the 90s by a super Christian pastor guy. He says that even if you don't object on moral grounds, every person who's in an open marriage eventually objects on emotional grounds. I wrote— I think this is ridiculous. Every relationship is different, and it's up to you to decide what's best for you in your relationship. And I know people in open relationships who are happy and healthy and loving, and it's been that way for years. Go, Misty! That's right. So the last thing he says about physical touch is that men often mistake physical touch for their primary love language because of their desire for sex. But if non-sexual touching is not emotionally important to you as a man— Or a woman, then physical touch is probably not your primary language. But I'll tell you momentarily. Lisa, put down your hand. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh,
1: Then uh, I mean, because I mean. Uh, guys are thinking come on guys are picking up that book and their wife is like let's figure out our love language and he's like I know my love language and, and the woman's like well it might be something else and he's like no it's a physical touch
0: yeah 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 my, my love language dialect is just blowjobs all the time so which is what Lisa's been gesturing all night sometimes double fisted okay here we go Moving on. Mom, I'm so sorry. So we already talked about nagging. Uh, If you feel like your partner's nagging at you, it's really them trying to desperately secure things they need to make them feel loved. So pay attention to that. Um, Also look at how you're communicating with your partner. You may discover your own love language by taking a closer look at how you express love. Um, You can also take a look at what hurts you most when your spouse does or doesn't do it. This is something that I found really frustrating in my first few uh, years in my relationship with Zach is I kept doing acts of service at him and for him. And so I would like clean the entire house, make elaborate dinners. It
1: sounds like a plate that you threw at him. Yeah, that's right. Here is an act of service. That is right.
0: <laughs> and he would just be like, oh, you cleaned the house. Looks great, huh? Wow. Bye. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? What is that language? I, uh, I cannot remember.
1: <laughs> also, we should note that today is actually their sixth year anniversary.
0: <laughs> Let's hope it's not quality time. So today, today is six years.
1: Okay, wait. No, you have to remember. What is it? No, I is don't. Is it
0: um, uh, I think I think his secondary language is gifts. I actually asked him the other day uh-huh. after I read this book, and he was like, I don't remember. Okay. So um, it's not important to him. It's not quality
1: time. Is it words of affirmation?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love sorry, you, honey. Shana Happy has. anniversary. No, really, it's our six year anniversary today. I know. But we're celebrating this weekend. You'll and ask by, him this weekend. Like, after five years, we're like, okay, cool. So, whatever. You'll celebrate Let's, this weekend. Uh, stop it. Okay. So, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do the I rest reacted, of the podcast. Like I'm, Seven. I, she is so drunk right now. I don't, so I don't know what's happening. I'm going to do the rest of the podcast with my eyes closed, which will be really hard to read my okay, notes. I'm at,
1: listen, I'm putting my hands in my armpits.
0: I love you. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I was trying to love him in my love language, and he was trying to give me gifts. So neither one of us was feeling loved by the other person. amazing. And feeling frustrated. I'm like, I'm doing all these things. Like, I don't fucking get it. Mm -hmm. And why does he never claim that? Why does he know I want that? But he keeps giving me all these fancy things, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So it's really, really helpful to know. So That's great. Yeah, I encourage everybody to listen to this book or do yourself a favor. This is free, y'all. And it only takes like... 10 or 15 minutes, super quick. The author, Mr. Gary Chapman, PhD, and whatever the initials are for theologist, um, he has made a quiz to help us all determine our love languages. So um, you can find what, oh, this quiz will tell you what your primary and secondary love languages are. It is at www.thenumber5lovelanguages.com so that's number5lovelanguages.com go on there do yourself a favor and have those closest to you take their love language quiz too so have your partner have your siblings if you feel so inclined your parents it will really help you understand and just i i invite you to experiment just for a week Try to love someone in their love language once you know what it is mm-hmm. and see how they respond. You don't even have to tell them that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you you were saying you suspect your brother's is quality time? No. Uh, gifts. Right. Gifts. Great. He's yes. great at giving gifts. Okay. Great. So if you were to send him like two really thoughtful things in a week, yeah. I wonder how he would react. So – um He'd so, be like, why are you sending me that? Right. So he also has a note. <laughs> and be like, oh, what are you hiding? What, what you are did? you hiding? What did you do? Yeah. One quick note before we go. Um, he says that for people who say, but my partner's love language doesn't come naturally to me – his answer is, so what? He says that when Tough you do something— titties. Yes. He says that when you do something that isn't natural for you, it's an even bigger expression of love for your partner. Yeah. Love is a choice, and either partner can start the process. He also says that the more you practice, the more comfortable you will feel. Love is a choice you have to make every single day. And remember, it's not about you or making you feel comfortable. It's about your partner and what they need. Missy. How much does this book cost? Uh, Let me tell you, hold on. This book, the hardcover, is $17.99. The paperback is $9.39. The Kindle is $6.67. The audiobook is $19.59 on Audible. Mm -hmm. And, of course, on the Overdrive app, it is free. And I want to tell everyone he has many different editions of this book. He has The Love Languages of Children, The Five Love Languages for Singles, which I somehow find hilarious that he refers to single people as singles. I don't know why. It's very seven. I mean, I know it's couples and singles, but it's like when I read when I read that I was like, That's so... head down to
1: a singles bar. Well, oh, this is my
0: friend Lisa. She's a single.
1: Uh, um, oh, but so he, a lot of iterations of this. book.
0: He also co-authored the Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, oh, the Five boy. Love Languages Military Edition. Oh boy! And he also co-authored uh, the Five Languages of Apology. So he that, also did the
1: Five Languages of Pets. Sure. Yes. And the five languages of help that you need to fire. (laughs) Yes. A little bougie.
0: The five. A little bougie. So that's The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And obviously, as we say every episode, we cannot cover every single thing in this book. So if you want to read it for yourself, it's available on audible.com, the free library app, Overdrive, and wherever books are sold. Misty, I have some more questions. Yes. Who is this book perfect for? This book is perfect for anybody who is feeling frustrated in their relationship, mm-hmm. wants to feel more connected. Mm-hmm. And by relationship, I mean with anybody mm-hmm. sibling, parent, coworker, great, whatever. Great. Or is craving more connection and you don't know how to get it because there could just be this fundamental miscommunication uh, in Yoa. Your-
1: Relationship.
0: That's right.
1: Okay. <laughs> she kind of just my brain fell off the earth there. on me. Um. Who is this book terrible for?
0: Um. I will say, if you are triggered by Christianity at mm-hmm. all, it could just if you know that going in and take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um. There's that. Mm-hmm. This book is terrible for people who um are happy staying comfortable. And divorced. Uh <laughs> well like I'm a single person. I'm a singles. Yeah. You're a single. I'm a singles. Um
1: is this book good for me?
0: Yeah. I think I think it is because again, it applies to so many different uh, relationship so like when I started doing my sister's love languages it was really helpful and it, it just makes me feel so good as the giver mm-hmm. of something to go I know I'm giving you something that you need and want mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm giving some, you something I want it's yeah. like if yeah. your if your mom is like oh I got you this like macrame sweater from Walgreens I love it and you're like I why did you never... just spoil her Christmas gift Ah. She gives that to me every and year,
1: Misty. Way to go. Um okay. So we talked about who this is perfect for. We talked about um what did you what did you love about this book? What was like the one thing you absolutely loved about this book?
0: That is a great question. Um I love how how applicable it is to everything. Great. And what did you hate about this book? I was really uh, so- <laughs> This is a more general statement, but it always really bothers me when people equate being a good person to being religious. Ooh. So this is a big thing for me. Um, you can be a great person and not be religious at all. Yeah. And um, and that's just fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got yeah. a ton of friends who are atheists and do more charity work and good works and are just the kindest people in the world. and. Yes, and Christians and all religious people can also be amazing people. But as we all know, being religious does not make you a good person, mm-hmm. and not being religious does not make you a bad person. So his, so his lens he seems, is really – Oh, his lens is super through that. And also, uh, if you couldn't tell, I fucking hated the old school examples of heteronormative behavior in a relationship, like the husband tell, complaining yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that felt really antiquated. hmm um but yeah if I feel like overall it's an effective practical and very useful yeah. book. Um yeah
1: I feel like we're hitting a lot is there is there anything that you wanted to challenge me to
0: a homework for oh, me? Oh yeah. Or is
1: is there anything else you wanted to 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 let us know about this book?
0: No I think we've done plenty. <laughs> we've done quite um, a bit. And I, I
1: did I will say I apologize I acted like a childish churlish Nincompoop, but I love
0: you, <laughs> Lisa Linky, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what so is the challenge for, for your homework? I want you to take the quiz, okay, figure out what your love language is, okay. and just check in on that. Like, okay. let, let me know what you think about that. I'm excited to see if I'm right. I think
1: I'm right. I know I'm right. Yeah, and and if you want a bonus assignment, oh, a boner assignment,
0: a boner assignment. It's going to be really hard. It might take a long time. But at
1: first I didn't.
0: I was like, (laughs) I don't want (gasps) to. I get the joke. She's yes, anting me. Um, and it might be hairy in parts. Okay, but I want you to uh, maybe have a friend also take the quiz. Okay. Not me. <laughs> like because my bestie. You're already, like uh-huh, my your bestie, bestie. Or a sibling. Uh-huh. And just speak in their love language even for one conversation I or, love or for 20 minutes. I'm definitely
1: going to do that. I love it.
0: Um, I'm, uh,
1: that'll be a longer term. I'll, I'll check back on that because I don't know how long it'll take them to do it. And I don't want to force them to do it right away before okay. the next time we record.
0: Oh, it's fine. No, it's fine. Just um, whenever. But, but I, I'm just
1: curious. I Listen, I'm going to – Plant this flagpole it. and run it up and see what happens. I, this is such a weird analogy. We're gonna pitch it. a tent here.
0: Um, so to end to end sure. this week's book for the quote of the week. Okay. Um, I, this is a quote from Gabby Douglas, the American gymnast. Thank you, the American hero. That's right. We love her. She says, "Hard days are the best because that's when champions are made." Okay. It's
1: not <laughs> is it related to what we talked about? No, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. That. One more time then, please. Um, hard days are the best because that's when champions are made. That's right. I I couldn't agree more.
0: That's right. I don't know, it just resonated with me when I've I was listened. reading it. It's a little disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> I just was unsure how it so tied to the So for all book. of you who need that today and you're having a hard day, you're a goddamn champion. Okay. Okay, great. All right, so that's it, y'all. Yeah.
1: The five languages of love. Thank you, Misty. You're for sharing so welcome. That.
0: And you know what I would say about life? It's abundant. Life is abundant. <laughs> Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs>
1: do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com.
0: And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.